This is Rugga Matrix America. Hey, welcome to the show, everybody. This is Alex Goff. I'm standing alone this time. We're taking a break from having everybody in there because we had to fix an issue we did with the last show. We had Mike Tolkien on for... Uh, a really nice interview, and then the last part of it just somehow was taken by the radio gods and uh, um, ruined, basically. So we had to do it over again. Uh, I checked in with Mike, and most of the questions near the end were questions for me anyway, so uh, just checked in with him. And this is the rest of our talk with Mike Tolkien here on Rugga Matrix America. This is Alex Goff, and we're back with USA National Team head coach Mike Tolkien. And we had a lovely long interview with Mike earlier, but uh, lost some of it due to technical difficulties. So we're revisiting some of that conversation um, after a little bit of time. Maybe Mike could have a chance to think about some of the questions. But um, we had been talking, uh, and, and thanks for coming back, by the way, Mike. Appreciate sure, it. No, not a problem. Um, we had been talking about players. And individual players, not I mean, we could we could go through the entire squad and and things like that. But but we we threw out a couple of names of players and and your thoughts about how they're doing and, you know, sort of the first thing that jumps into your mind. So we're going to do that again. And um, the first player that I wanted to uh, mention uh, was Paul Emmerich. Yeah, I mean, first things that pop into your mind are about Paul is uh, aggressive, athletic, go forward. And go forward, not just as a ball carrier, but as a defender as well. Um, you know, obviously he got in a little trouble against Italy, but uh, really I think that it was a little harsh. You know, looking back at it many times, uh, it, it was a, a flash of an instant and um, thought it was a little harsh to get the red. But, you know, over 10 years, that's how Paul has played the game aggressively and moving forward always on both sides of the ball. Well, that's what you want on a team. You want somebody who uh, the the word that they often use in in British rugby for years was uncompromising. Yep. I mean, you, you basically you don't you don't give anybody a break, yep. and that's kind that's tough and compromising. Uh, yeah. Uh, so he'll he'll serve out his uh, suspension. He'll be back. Uh, we talk about Paul being um, an older player. He's really not all that old. He's what thirty two, thirty one, thirty two. So uh, he's still got something to give for the national team. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't usually have a back who's around for 10 years and, and 50 caps, especially in a tier, new ta- tier two nation, which has played fewer matches. But, uh, you know, a tribute to what he's done over several coaches, you know, to continue in that. Excellent. Well, another, another player who's been around quite a while uh, and been through several coaches, Todd Clever. Yeah, I mean, Todd has uh, come up through the ranks. You know, um, I was there when he was uh, 15, 16, training on the uh, USA under-19s second side and even unofficially at that, kind of accompanying his brother at trainings. And, uh, you know, just had something special even back then. You could just see he he was on par with kids older than him and just always continued to surpass kids his age and um, had an excellent career, played in the under-19s World Cup, a couple of them. And uh, he plays the game at a different level, and is completely motivated on the field. And I thought really, especially finishing off the last two games, really played as well as he's played for the Eagles. And his body took a beating, but he played inspired and, and 
continuously, even in that Canada game, dug down deep and created things when there was when there was trouble on the line for us. Yeah, he definitely, I, I would agree that he had um, as good a, a group of games as he's had. Uh, I, I think it's interesting, you know, your experience with him in the under-19s, and I can't remember if he was on the team that went to Chile that you accompanied the under-19 team back in, what, 2000, something like yeah, that. But I think yeah, I, I had actually, I missed that try. He was on the, all the yeah. trials leading up to that, but I couldn't get off yeah. work for that. But he was on the Italy uh, trip in That's right. Two. And I believe he was on that uh, that Chile trip as well. He was a he's a product of the U19 program, which is great. Another one, uh, sort of at the beginning of his uh, his eagle journey, perhaps, is Eric Fry. Yeah, Eric is a uh, Eric does amazing things around the field as a prop. Um, you know, he, he played second row at Cal. He he has athleticism uh, of a back five player. You know, maybe not a seven or you know, but certainly um, more towards a loose player than a, a traditional front row player. Uh, huge workload. His work rate is impressive. If you look at stats of rucks that he hits, tackles that he gets involved in, things of that nature, a uh, ton. And his athletic is really valuable. But of course, as a prop, you know, what you need is an effective scrummager and, and an effective lifter. Uh, does great in lifting and has made real progress in, in only his. Uh, his second, or I should say his full fir- first full year of tight head prop. Real tough position, but he's put on size. He's gotten great experience in New Zealand, and, um, you know, he continues to be a valuable asset to us. Uh, j- just a, a, a sideline, I guess, on the scrummaging, because the scrummaging um, over time has, has come under uh, criticism, and your good friend, my co-host, Bruce McLean, has been one of those people. Um, and, and I think if I were to criticize Bruce on this, I would say that he sometimes points the finger at individual players um, more than the, um, at least at least on the show. Um, Fry and Pittman, both guys who can play some tight head, both are still young, both are converted from other areas of the, of the, the, the pack. I mean, it, it, it's easy to forget that Sean Pittman not that long ago was an under 19 number eight. That's right. Um, and, and then, and then, yeah. And then you look at someone like, um, there are, there are other players out there. I mean, Will Johnson, we haven't really heard much from him. Um, there's Tony Papura there. There are all these other people, um, circling around as your potential, uh, props. Is it, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe you're not in a position to make this decision, but is, is should you go with say Fry and Pittman and say these are young young guys? These are the guys that we're going to continue to improve and improve. Because remember, uh, Mike McDonald was was vilified for his scrimmaging when he was young, and now he's considered you know the old experience, the old head who knows how to how to play the game. So, uh, or do you still work look for new talent and and try to well deal with the scrum? That I way? think that um, you know with Eric Fry, like I said. Excellent athlete, really. He's young. He's new into tight head. And if he can get this right in terms of his scrimmaging, he can be around and effective for a long time. I mean, he really is impressive in so many areas of his play and dedicated. You know, he went down to New Zealand on his own and has made great strides from the people in New Zealand um, and and their judgment of his play. So that says a lot uh, about his game as well. And, you know, he's going to he's going to have he's still going to have his troubles at times. At tight head, it's a difficult position, um, you know, as, as people know, and it's going to take him time to really get, but he's young. And if we have this guy around for 10 years and he can get that, that's impressive. But, he, you know, like you said, 
is the value of being a good loose head as well. Uh, Pitts played really well this summer. Coming back, I thought he was invigorated. He's a converted number eight, as you said, from your neck of the woods. Yep, and um, right. he, I, I thought he was invigorated. Um, I thought he had some good life this summer. I thought he scrummaged better than he has in, in, in some time. And uh, Pitts showed value on both sides as well um, during the summer. You know, a, a couple of times he got, uh, he got Castro. You know, he, Castro popped up and caught, cried foul, and he was uh, placated by the referee. But Pitts was there a couple of times when he went against Castro and, and did well. Um, and his open field play, like Fry, is, is very good, you know, that of a back rower. Um, and then when you, you talk about some of the vets, you know, and some of the guys surrounding, you know, Mac is, uh, he, he scrummaged very well as he has, you know, as he has done for some years. Uh, he has to address a few nagging injuries that he'll probably have some time to do in the next few months. Uh, and that'll be good for him, you know, overall, because, uh, you know, he, he's taken a beating over the years. And I think this yeah. This rest and uh, recuperation with the sur- surgeries will help him. Um, and some of the young, hey, we'll continue to look at young guys. You have to. You know, competition is always the best thing. And, uh, you know, certainly, you know, your guys who are looking at, at our ARC and, uh, you know, guys who are always coming onto the radar, you got to consider them. Um, but, you know, there are a couple guys there who were, were pleased with in terms of how they're doing, their potential, and their age so you know it's a mix of all those factors alex okay good can can you take uh, a prop with potential and get him to the national team level playing club rugby in the united states and fry and uh, Pittman have both gone overseas the, the the best part of it perhaps is you know for for Pittman is in, in playing in the championship london welsh on those muddy fields uh it's scrum after scrum after scrum. It's been a tremendous uh, trial and, and learning experience for him. Um, can you replicate that domestically? It, it's difficult. Um, you know, obviously that did real real wonders for Pitts uh, being with the Welsh. Uh, Division One is, you know, you're really doing some some tough work in the uh, in the trenches there, um, and, and it showed in his uh, emergence this summer. And Fry's down in New Zealand, down in Wellington, getting some good work there. Saw some of his film. He's gone up against some pretty formidable opponents. Um, you know, he had the uh, the tongue in uh, loose head of the last couple of World Cups playing against him uh, in one match. So, you know, he's getting some good overseas work. Mac, for all those years, playing at Leeds. You know, uh, Andre, who was with us, um, you know, during the summer as, as an emerging player, is in France. So that overseas experience is really, really vital. Um, domestic scrummaging is tough just because there, there's just not a lot of competition around. Number one, there's not a lot of games to continue to grow. You have to be extremely disciplined and go out and look for work and look for people uh, that can push you. And unfortunately, yes. yeah, that, that's the thing is that there is a, a dearth of real formidable opponents that you play against and that you can actually do work, you know, one-on-one work with. Okay, good. And I guess that that's the issue with playing at any level. And this is, this is something I've run across as a journalist is that there are so many people who think they've arrived because they're doing really, really well against the competition they have, but they don't know what, what the standard is. They don't know what they don't know. Right. And I, and that's, you know, and that's been the case, 
you know, when you take college kids who are great in college and, you know, they come and they get into the international scene and they're just not prepared and it, it's not their fault. You know, it's just, you, you just don't know. And Super League guys, same thing. You know, they, you know, you have some teams who have played good games and, and there's been good talent, but then you step up and, you know, you're playing against a whole new ball game. So, um, yeah, that's the thing is just having that competition. Good. Now, one player that, uh, and I think I think you'll agree here, somebody who really has taken a step forward after seeking out tough competition, and now twice now, taking what it was the less easy route uh, in his rugby development, Scott Lavala. Yeah, Scott is a Scott's as motivated a guy that I've seen. Um, you know, another guy who came up through the system, performed well, but you know, took it upon himself to get to Trinity. Uh, Tony Smith um, coached him for a couple of years. Uh, Scott worked his butt off, got to Stodd, and got a three-year contract, you know, all through his hard work. And, um, you know, if, if you come out to a training, and you've seen a few of them, you'll see yep. the guy who every time at the end of training is doing extras and without fail, whether it's doing tackling work, line-out, catching high ball kickoffs, you know, Scott puts in the work and it shows, I mean, it's not, you know, you, you may hear the cliche about hard work equals success, but you know, maybe it's a cliche, but it's true. And it shows, you know, he's very good at the things he spends a lot of time on. Good. We've seen a lot of players get, um, professional trials or short-term contracts and at some point earn, earn a renewal but to earn a renew a, a three-year contract in the middle of his trial period there was no negotiate i mean there was no waiting until it was over and then we'll see what happens see what we have he'd been there for a very short period of time and they said yeah that's fine you can stay with us despite the fact he's not a french player that's right i mean that, that makes it even more impressive and the fact that you know in france you know they uh you know, a team puts out an offer and your team has to match it or you're gone, you know? Yep. And, and so they felt strongly enough about Scott's game that they didn't want him gone. So that says a lot about uh, the type of player he is. Excellent. Uh, we had some other players who um, either aren't on the team yet um, or weren't with the team this past June. I wanted to check in on them. Uh, first one being Samu Manoa. Well, Samu had some uh, personal issues that, he had to take care of after the season, um, you know, with Northampton. So, you know, he's, he's someone we're certainly continuing to look at and consider for the Eagles. And, uh, you know, we'll see how it works out in the future for him and if, if those things can be clarified. Okay. And the other one, uh, Taku Nguenya. Yep. Taku, again, is another uh, player who had some person, personal slash club issues um, in the uh, at the end of his season with Biarritz that he needed to get resolved and uh, didn't go as smoothly as he wanted. So it was kind of a stop and start with him. Maybe he could make it, maybe he couldn't. But in the end, he wasn't able to uh, he wasn't able to, to uh, get to the camp and to the assembly. So, um, you know, hopefully, again, he's another player who will be free of uh, any of those restrictions later on. He, uh, he also got... Um, was at the receiving end of a pretty nasty dump tackle that ended up uh, resulting in a suspension on the, the player who did it to him. And, uh, yeah, but he, se- he seemed to have bounced back from that. Yeah, okay. I think he's okay physically from that because he's training with um, Beeritz now. 
Uh, okay. But I remember saying that that was, uh, I think they were playing too long in that game. Yeah, yeah. that's right. And it okay. was the uh, TV prop. Um, so one of, one of the messages from there is that, uh, you know, when somebody isn't available, that opens a door. Um, Luke Hume walked right through that door. Right. Luke is, uh, he's a real exciting player as many, many people watching the Eagles this summer saw, um, you know, myself and, uh, Bruce McLean from seeing him play with old blue for the last few years knew what a dangerous player he was. And uh, as soon as we were able to get hold of him, invite him to Eagle Camp, you know, I certainly did so. And uh, he he didn't disappoint. You know, he was the player that he'd always shown to be in the Super League, dangerous, elusive, motivated. You know, he's just a real lively, uh, motivated player. And um, he's exciting to watch and dangerous when he has the ball in his hand. Good. And and one more name, and and I think of that partly as a uh, an all encompassing, a nod to the the USU twenties and how well they did in winning the Junior World Trophy. But it's also a talent who just sort of jumped up and put his hand up uh, because of his running ability and because of his goal kicking ability. Uh, Madison Hughes. Yeah, Madison's a uh, you know he had quite a quite a performance at the under twenties. Um, you know he tied the all time record, I think it was. That's right. For uh, under 20s players. And um, he kicked and ran his way. And, you know, any championship team has a good kicker. And that I'm sure Scott Lawrence will get on here and tell you that it was a great comfort to know that they had a caliber of his uh, of Madison's uh, ability with them. So that that consistent kicking ability is something that we'd like to get into the senior program. And there's some nice players on the horizon. You know, and Madison certainly comes within that radar. The the kicking is is an issue, and I and I guess one of the great things about Madison's situation is coming in as a freshman for Dartmouth. They, it was the right environment, um, the right culture on that team to just give the goal kicking duties to to Hughes as a freshman, and it's something that that we want to look at nationwide, don't we? That if you've got a good kicker. I mean, the, the, the goal-kicking job is not one for ego. It's let's get some points for the team. If you've got a good kicker, you can try to develop those because the, the sport needs them. Absolutely, and absolutely you should. Um, you know, not only will it pay benefits to your own team, but, uh, you know, if you have a player that is extraordinary in his kicking ability, he can find himself moving up quite rapidly. Um, you know, he has to be a good ball player, obviously, but, you know, the the... I think that the payoff that you have in the kicking allows you a little room to give way in maybe striking ability, you know? So in other words, you don't have to be the 70 yard finisher from fullback. Uh, you don't have to be, you know, the, the, the guy who's cutting everyone apart. You know, you can, you can play your role and be a solid player. Um, maybe not spectacular, but your goal kicking is spectacular. And that does a hell of a lot for a team. Uh, you know, if you look at a guy like Pritchard for Canada, he's been steady yep. for so long. He he's not the most dynamic, you know, player. He's steady for sure, um, but he kicks his goals relentlessly. And you know, you can get punished. And he's been doing it for a long time. And you know, that that's certainly an area that that's, that's a, a great value to a team. Hey, fans, go to RugbyImports.com for all your rugby outfitting needs. Whether you're kitting out your team with our American-made jerseys, stocking up on training supplies, or just getting a new pair of boots. 
Rugby Imports has all you need for on the field and off. Go to RugbyImports.com. And going back to the U-20s, you mentioned Scott Lawrence, and it's true that they, they pointed to certain tactical choices that they made, saying if we got the phase count up, we knew we would get the penalty count up. And once we got the penalty count up, we knew we could get points because of who they had kicking goals. Yeah, I, it, it, it's amazing if you look at you know, the amount of times that you can go from set piece and play through three-plus phases. The amount of times you do that will result in great things happening, including, as you said, penalty opportunities. And it's not that it's not that much to play through. Is it a legitimate thing to also talk about the fact that if if you've got a good uh, goal kicker, you're more likely to keep the other team honest. Um, they, they're not going to try some of the things, the the ball slowing and cynical things that some teams do if it's going to result in three points. I mean, if you're missing kicks, then they may as well do it. Absolutely, and it's things you address in training too. You know, it, you're playing against a very good goal kicker. You know, you know that. You really have to, you know, harp to the players about being careful not to give, you know, three points away and, and to give, you know, great deals of distances of territory away. So uh, it definitely plays in the mind of your tactics. We're talking when we're talking a little bit about the the U20s. Uh, the All Americans are coming together as well. Uh, you have really. W- would it be fair to say that in the next three or three months or so, you're thinking development at the moment? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it, it, it's it's development, but, uh, you know, that, that November tour comes really hard upon the <laughs> ARC. So right. uh, I think it's only about a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks difference between them. But, um, you know, a lot of that November team, you know, it, you, you kind of, you know, the staff has in mind already. It's re- relatively set, not totally. Um, but the, the ARC team, is going to be very much developmental. Um, I think more so than ever before, where we're, we really want to develop a second tier of players um, to develop in, in an environment where they're playing pressure games and getting ready to move into an Eagle setup. So, yeah, we are thinking a lot, a lot more development in terms of player-wise right now. So and then the ARC, the America's Rugby Championship, that's going to be in Buenos Aires. Uh, USA will be, it, it's going to be a USA selects team that you're sending there. Um, and as you said, um, the, the, the first two years of that, um, the previous coach, Eddie O'Sullivan was, was looking at players for the future, but I think, I think he was also looking for players that he hadn't seen that he could use now. And in fact, Sam Minoa came out of that, um, program and that's, that's fine, especially in a, in a world cup year, you're looking for that one last player, but. Now, you definitely, as you said, you're definitely looking to get players who can project to the national team, but you're not looking for an immediate quick fix. Right. And and, and there there will also be fringe players on there, you know, players who were on Eagle squad who who really got no time. But we saw, Mm -hmm. you know, as people who, hey, they're looking pretty promising for the future. And uh, those those are the types of players who will be on, players who weren't on the Eagle squad, but have shown themselves uh, to be worthy candidates. So um, it's going to be a development team with a mix of very inexperienced Eagles and people who have not been in the national setup yet. Okay. So you feel, you feel that you've got a set plan. This is what we, this is what we're using the America's rugby championship for. Oh yeah. Yeah. I think we're pretty clear on that. 
Okay. Okay. Good. So you 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 bring them all together. How how young would an ARC team be? Would you be looking at an eighteen year old? It's unlikely uh, that we'd go down that low, Alex. But um, you know, it's certainly possible. You know, if if there was a kid who knocked your socks off and he was the real deal, um, his age alone wouldn't wouldn't prevent that. Uh, you know, I think that you're going to see players certainly on the younger age level, but uh, you know, it would probably be players, you know, maybe senior year in college to to young men. Um, you know, who had been in the, the, the Super League or, or D1 for a few years. So it'll be that, you know, that group, maybe a, a 20 to 25 range player. And then, as you said, we, we, we turn around and then we've got a uh, November tour that includes, interestingly enough, like a game against Tonga in Wales, which is a, a great way to uh, get those two teams to meet. Because then everybody's making a tour to Europe, so we may as well have that team meet. But then right after that, uh, 2013, you're starting to think about the new Pacific Ring Tournament and even more important, World Cup qualification. Uh, right, right. So it's uh, yeah, the summer is going to be busy. Uh, yeah, looking for, looking for those players. Um, where, Mike? Where do you think we are with our de- with our domestic competition now? If if you're you're you have so much experience, um, uh, on pretty much every level. I haven't done a lot of college coaching, but you've dealt with players that come right out of college, dealt with um, Super League, dealt with the the um, youth level. Um, I know you when you were with uh, New York Athletic Club, you wanted the Super League to uh, be successful. Um, it's now it's lost another team. They're down to eight teams. Um, is that a bad thing, first of all, for the Super League to be down uh, uh, to eight teams? And second of all, is the, is the domestic competition getting better? Is it just holding in a holding pattern right now? Where do you, where do you think it is and where does it need to go? Briefly. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. That, that could cover a couple of shows, I think. Um the Super League condensing doesn't necessarily mean it's a bad thing. Um, you know, if they had eight teams that, that concentrated a better talent level or better level of play, that in itself is not bad. They would certainly have to go to a national league, I believe, if they do condense um, rather than two regional leagues. Uh, that that much I know for sure. In terms of talent level, um, yeah, that, that's a tough one. It's uh, it, it varies so much on who's coaching it. How they're trying to coach it, um, the players who are involved and at the center of their teams are they are they just mainly foreign players coming in for a season or two? Are they domestic guys getting a shot? So there's a lot to it. Um, and what I would like to see, you know, just talking, speaking as men's national team coach, I would really love to see a focus on on skill level. Catch, you know, run, catch, pass, uh, effective kicking, effective scrummaging, just playing the game right and playing it well in the simple skills, fitness levels. Uh, I know it can be difficult for club teams and, and people who are professional, you know, uh, in terms of their jobs and careers, but fitness levels have to go up. I think that is probably those two things stand out the most, the lack of fitness by most of the players and the lack of fundamental skills. Uh, and the last thing I would like to see 
uh, some teams show it very well uh, is that the way they play the game in terms of a pattern. You know, you look at some teams and, and there's, a, there's a plan. There's a definite plan on what they're trying to achieve. They don't always do it, but you can tell. And you look other, at other teams and there's just not a plan at all. So that would be the third thing I would like to see. Just a little bit of, you know, hey, what's our policy? How are we trying to play the game? Can you, can you as national team coach contribute or help with that? Well, what I'd like to do is say, hey, this is the way that we're playing the game, you know, from our perspective on the national team. And these are the things that we're emphasizing. And this is what we'd like for you to emphasize. Certainly, I would never dare to, to go into a, uh, a program or a team and say, hey, you have to play like this. You know, that's not, that's not my place to do. Uh, what I would like to do, though, is, is just recommend things that we could have our players playing in our domestic competition do and try to do better. Uh, and that's where I see that they can contribute for the guys who are playing domestically. So, and, and we talked a little bit about this before, the idea of outreach to the, the, the public in general, and everything from uh, trying to open up aspects of um, training sessions, Eagle training sessions, um, and in a way, um, sounds like, you know, I don't know, maybe opening up your playbook a little bit just to, I mean, part, part of it is a, it's, a, it's a good, I mean, in, I mean this in a good way, it's a, it's a public relations thing. You, you want fans to have ownership in the game, in the team. And part of it is you want to raise a standard. So, I mean, it, it, am I characterizing that correctly? I mean, because you, you can't open up everything because you also have a, a, a team that needs to win games and not give everything away to opposition. But um, you are trying to, to open the doors between the national team and domestic club coaches our biggest resource is uh our clubs and our people who are involved players coaches administrators um and i you know we recognize that and number one we want to use their help they, they were helpful in the thursday sessions that we had the under 20s and the players from uh from dallas and the under 20s and from um woodlands come out you know those were helpful sessions to us i think it was a thrill for the guys to come out and you know to do some work with the Eagles and, you know, they were very eager and enthusiastic to do so. And, uh, that was helpful. So in that sense, you know, we use them, uh, to help us, but as a byproduct, I think, you know, it opens the door to, to American rugby people. And, you know, those are the people who are valuable assets to the Eagles and to all of the American rugby programs, you know, on the various levels, but, you know, we're glad to have them out, you know, like you said, we're not going to pour the playbook out and things are going to remain pretty secret. But, you know, uh, there's plenty in rugby that, you know, is, is not secret. You know, there's only so much that you can that you do that's unique, you know. Uh, but we we felt really good about sharing it with people and having people come in and, and they were helpful to us. That's great. Well, I, I could speak you know, as, as somebody who played rugby at a not particularly high level. What a thrill it would have been just to be able to train with the national team or just uh, you know scrimmage with them a little bit, something like that, um, and how much you could learn as a player. Yeah, and you know, about how things. Are you going. never know when someone's going to pop up either. So that's true. You know, that's that's a byproduct. Okay, good. So uh, wrapping up here with, with Mike Tolkien, national team head coach, um, you do have an awful lot on your plate. Uh, 
looking back on June, first of all, um, how would you characterize that experience? Well, going into it, you know, um, we had, we had seen it and we viewed it as number one, a starting point. Number two, a, uh, establishment of kind of the way we were going to play. And number three, establishment of the way that we were going to identify ourselves. You know, our team culture is how people see us and that is how we were going to present ourselves. So those three things were our, our targets, uh, in terms of doing those three things, we felt positive that we established ourselves as who we are as a team and as individuals, how we play the game, and lastly, a starting point. Uh, what we want to do is take the next step now that we have our systems in place, start tweaking them a little bit and start performing them with far more precision and with far more uh, success. Uh, and lastly, we want to build on this really positive culture that, that we have going with us. I thought our guys were terrific. They worked hard every training. Uh, I thought they worked hard in every game. You know, the Italy game, 13 people to the end. They didn't give up, you know, one thing in that game, they didn't give up at all. And I think that was uh, really showed and made a great statement about how these guys train and their attitude towards the game. So the other things we want to polish, the, the, the tactics, the execution, you know, the performance, that's what we want to polish going forward. But we have our starting point. Uh, we know what we have to do, but we feel good about the core of this team and how we're playing the game. And then looking ahead, as you said, you're looking uh, a little bit to the future now, uh, staying in touch with the All-Americans, uh, with Matt Sherman. Um, the high school All-Americans are, are now, in, as we speak, they're in South America. The U-20s have just finished. I'm sure you've, you've been talking or will be talking with Scott Lawrence. Um, and, and then, of course, Alex Magleby with the Sevens team. And you, you, you mix all that together and then also look at um, the America's Rugby Championship team. That's all happening right now, but it's all for the future. Yeah, real exciting stuff. I mean, the under-20s, under everyone was so excited, you know, during the Eagle Assembly. You know, we would, we would watch every game. Um, and then, then to win it, you know, and get up into Tier 1, phenomenal. Uh, it shows some real good stuff for us in the future. And, uh, you know, they'll have the work cut out for us. But it's great for us. The, the high school All-Americans, what a great tour. Uh, fantastic, exciting for the kids. And I think really well-constructed, you know, play, play some games that are going to develop them where they're competitive, maybe have an edge, uh, maybe not, um, but real competitive. And then go into Argentina to finish five games, a lot of rugby, great countries to visit. Uh, and, you know, and Mike and Salty do a great job leading those guys. Sevens, I know Mags is busy at work and he's got Atlantis going now. So a lot of positive stuff happening. And, and you know, we all do talk. And, and then Matt Sherman's got the All-Americans going to Ireland. And a lot of those guys I'll really be watching, will be watching pretty closely. So when you look at all these things that are going on uh one of the issues and you just said the usa rugby does not uh, does not have coffers full of money um but there are all these things going on that's all very good um can we can the usa men's national 15s team compete let's talk about the level they're at now from the tier two up to the lower tier one the the italy's and scotland's of the world things like that can they compete with the athletes they have now and and the money we have now competing with the the tier ones is going to take time um 
I think the first thing we do, we need to do, is we need to place a lot more of our players overseas. Uh, you know, it's not a slide on our domestic competitions, but it, it's reality. They need to be in a fully professional environment, playing against better competition. And I don't think anyone is surprised by that comment. But we need more of our guys, uh, you know, as many as possible, competing in a professional environment. Um, so that's one thing that we need to do. Obviously, money will will be an issue, but hey, you never know. You know, if if people continue to make splashes like our under twenties, uh, you never know when people become interested and want to be part of it. And right sponsorship comes around, you know, money starts rolling in. Hey, maybe it's a different story. But you know, to keep it realistic now, uh, you know, the money is still a little struggle. But if our guys are getting into better rugby playing environments, that's a big step. You know, that's that's a big step. Uh, so that's that's what we need to do in the next couple of years to get things a little bit more balanced, moving in the right direction. Mike Tolkien, I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you very much. Anytime, Alex. Not a problem. Great to have USA Men's 15s National Head Coach Mike Tolkien on the show and really appreciate him coming to take the time and do it again so we could get it on recorded properly for you. Uh, Bruce and Pat will be back for the next show, and we'll be talking college rugby. We've got Super League coming up, and uh, a look at uh, some of the exciting things that have been going on this summer, All-Americans, High School All-Americans, things like that. Uh, Don't forget to go to RugbyMag.com for all your rugby news, and also check out the iTunes store to download both Rugged Matrix America and the Rugged Matrix International show. And this is Alex Goff, Editor-in-Chief of RugbyMag.com, thanking you for listening to... Rocket Matrix America.